and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we study an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see how it holds up all on its own. I'm one of your hosts, Corey. And I'm your other host, Liam. And before we get into the movie this week, we figured we ought to catch everybody up on our ongoing saga, the fallout from Animal Month and where that's put us now. Uh, we still feel an omnipresent dread and uh, omnipresent fear that Dunstan, the electricity wizard Clancy Brown, Cujo, Maximum Overdrive, and any number of these animal and film-related blunders and catastrophes may come across us once again. I remain quarantined safely inside of my home, and Liam, I believe you have had a good development in your uh, in your journey. That's right, yeah. I'm not calling in from a phone this time. I lost that. It fell in a river. Totally unrelated to Animal Month. I just dropped it and I was panicking. What am I going to do? And I stumbled upon uh, this place called a library and it has like computers in it that you can just use. I just went up and I said, hey, can I use a computer? And they said, sure. And I figured it's safe because I'm surrounded by a bunch of books that aren't going to be uh, technologically invaded by Clancy Brown and his goons. So uh, I'm here at a library. Um talking at some computer i fear if i stay much longer than a couple hours and really make the space mine the computer too is going to turn on me maximum overdrive style so i'm gonna have to do some computer hopping and uh some library shifting but this is what we're gonna do for now and uh we'll see how it goes Corey. so do you have any fears of being ghostbustered by the books in the library or is that is that not the supernatural plane that we're on I didn't think it was the supernatural plane. Um, I hadn't really considered this might be like a crossover. I didn't sort of think scenario. we were going to be getting maximum overdrive either. And it's then true. that happened. It's true. I, I don't like that you threw this at me right at the beginning <laughs> of this episode. I mean, I'm going to be looking over my shoulder for this uh, entire recording, and it's not going to be for werewolves. Jesus. So, did you bring a microphone into a library and just everybody said yes and cool and good? What yeah, was the plan? Yeah. Well, I've taken my lo- my microphone everywhere with me because uh, so far it hasn't turned on me. Though the microwave has found a way to be antagonistic, I, <laughs> I can't really conceive of any way that a microphone could do something because like, you got to plug it in and it's got to get its power source from somewhere else and it doesn't really have like appendages that can open or swing or anything. So the microphone has been It's got a cord. Can it control the cord? Well, the cord can plug in and out of it very easily. So uh, Okay, easily solvable problem. Yes. I think yeah. at worst we might get some technological interference from Clancy Brown and his uh, his various demonic presences. And if you hear that on the mic, it's just a little bit of feedback and we are going to put that energy in an egg of simultaneous empowerment and disempowerment so it can power the microphone without hurting Liam. And... Uh, as time goes on, we should be able to get to a more ideal podcasting circumstance. I mean, we'll see. I guess it turns out that Clancy Brown could have had his claws in us since the very beginning, man. We had some feedback problems from episode one. Maybe they've been on our tail this whole time, Corey. I mean, Pet Cemetery was on our radar pretty early, so there is a chance uh, that ever since we decided we were going to clown on his film, that uh, he's just been tracking us ever since. Shit. I know. Like, I'm, genuinely, I don't know what to do, like, with this revelation that we're currently having because, you know, who else are we to fear? We have a big list of movies. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Like, I, uh, well, I never would have guessed Clancy Brown would be the guy. Um, I'm surprised <laughs> Flea and Tim Allen haven't come after us because we're such repeat offenders of their work. They're more benevolent figures. Joe Berlinger, maybe? He's, There's always someone you don't expect, though. Yeah, it's it's never it's never it's never your Joe Berlinger. It's always the, it's always the Clancy Brown. So Corey, let's just uh, let's do our best. Um, I'm gonna look at every podcast episode we do as like maybe the last thing I ever offer to the world. Live every day like it's your last, and so I'm ready to do a good job on this one. That's good. And speaking of werewolves, which you mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, it's a delayed segue, but it still runs. Uh, we will be talking about an American werewolf in Paris, not to be confused with an American werewolf in London. Uh, you can remember the difference because one of those isn't a European city anymore. Uh, it is a movie directed by Anthony Waller, written by Tim Burns, who, for those of you 
Canadians roughly our age out there wrote the film Jacob Tutu Meets the Hooded Fang. Uh, also written by Tom Stern and Anthony Waller again, based on an American werewolf in London, the 1983 film, I believe. Uh, and the characters are related to work from John Landis. And uh, it is a film that stars Tom Everett Scott as Andy, who people may know from La La Land briefly, or Air Buddies. Uh, we have an Air Bud tie-in, Liam. Oh, is he just in Air Buddies, or is he no? Like he's in all the. He's Buddy. He's Buddy. In the Buddies movies. Human? No, he's the voice of the dog. Oh, <laughs> come I see. on, Liam. Uh, we have Julie Delpy, who is known for uh, far more esteemed films like Three Colors, White, uh, Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. Um, we have Vince Vilaf playing Brad. Liam, have you heard of the movie Grind? Yeah, the skateboard movie. Hell yeah, the skateboard movie. Our boy yeah, Vince was that. in that movie. Yeah, I love that movie. I watched the shit out of that movie. I had it on DVD. And in hindsight, yes, yeah, pretty not great. However, it, it, w- it came to me at a point in my life where I needed it most. Yeah, yeah, me too. And uh, I could have guessed that Vince was in that movie. I didn't, I didn't put two and two together, but it doesn't surprise me. Uh, yeah, we have Phil Buckman playing Chris, who was apparently on Frasier. Good for him. Uh, we have Julie Bowen playing Amy, who people might know from Dawson's Creek, Lost, or Claire on Modern Family, which is going to be a big hit with all the parents in the audience, I imagine, who still watch network TV sitcoms. And, and by that, we need Corey's parents. Stop- <laughs> <laughs> uh, we might. Uh, there's also Thierry Lermite. It's a French name. I'm sorry, Thierry, but he's playing a guy named Thierry, and we have Pierre Coso as Claude. Okay, Liam, I have a question for you. Okay. I, I have two questions for you, actually. The first, okay. I'm just going to start with the easy one. What can you tell me about An American Werewolf in London? It is a movie that I know absolutely nothing about and have never seen. Okay, so uh, it came out in 1981. It's directed by John Landis. Oh, I said 83. Sorry, everybody. It's 81. This is a show where we're professionals and do research. Yeah, it's uh, it's by John Landis, and it's a um, a, f- a werewolf movie that follows a pretty similar uh, progression to this one. It's a bit of a romance, um, uh, a bit comedic. Um, but it's really renowned for its special effects sequences. So there's a werewolf transformation that's done entirely in camera um, that looks oh, wow. great. Um, there's a uh, a mauling at the beginning that's really dark and heavy. And then there's you get a lot of um, scenes of people coming back from the dead and talking to our main character, okay. who also gets bitten pretty early in the movie. And so the movie is all about um, bitten him by a werewolf. A... Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And uh, it's it's all about him turning into a werewolf and conversing with people who he has killed or people who have already died. Um, and so there's a lot of uh, grisly gore in it, but it's coming from a comedic place where you're seeing these characters who are just like rotting um, further and further each time you see them, but they're speaking like normal people, and they're just like talking to him very casually about the process he's going through and how he has to kill himself or else he's going to kill more people. And uh, it's a really sweet movie. It's it's uh, it's lived in my mind for a long time, and I haven't seen it all that much, maybe only one time before this. Um, uh, it's actually probably the first horror movie I ever saw. I think I talked about this on the Carrie episode because... Um, Carrie and American Werewolf in London. I don't remember which was first, but I saw both of them around the same time. I was probably five or six years old. And um, whereas I've seen Carrie a bunch since, I don't know that I've ever seen American Werewolf in London again. Certainly not since coming of age. Um, I might have seen it a couple times on TV, but I think it very well might have just been the one time I watched it with my dad. Um, but it's not really lost to me. I can remember so many of the scenes very, very prominently. It's a really memorable, sticky movie, and uh, um, it's it's a good one to check out uh, just in terms of uh, how it's kind of a landmark in terms of special effects. I think it was actually the first winner at the Oscars for Best Visual Effects because that category was made that year, and um, and it won. Wow, so it's got some it's got some pedigree on it. 
Yeah. My follow-up question, werewolves. You're familiar? Yeah. So, in comparison with other movie monsters, where do you rank werewolves? Were you Team Jacob? Like, where do you come down on the whole werewolf debate? I'm far more into the werewolf than I am the vampire. Um, I love... Or vampire, the... as they're sometimes known. Yeah. I love the idea of uh, someone who, like... Um, is normal 90% of the time and then 10% of the time they just can't control themselves and then they have to reckon with that afterwards. And I love all the different werewolf designs that can exist. Um, in any werewolf movie you see, it's I'm always kind of in anticipation of, oh, how are they going to do the werewolf this time? So, um, Do you werewolf, have a preference? Do I have a preference? For like What's what the, the werewolf... Yeah. Are you a teen wolf guy? Are you a twilight guy? <laughs> Um, Are you a, an American werewolf in Paris guy? Not quite. <laughs> not really. <laughs> no, American werewolf in London honestly looks pretty good because it, it, it really is. Um, uh, it's just like exactly what I think of when I think werewolf. It's like a big wolf thing, but like that also like walks like a man, but doesn't look like a man at all. But like has four limbs and like walks on to be fair two feet and shit human beings have four limbs right yeah yeah that's <laughs> what i was thinking when i said it i forgot that wolves also have four limbs this was the problem there um yeah but i i, I really love werewolf we need movies. a six-limbed goro style werewolf <laughs> uh some of my favorites are ginger snaps a canadian movie um it's, just, it's one of my favorite movies absolutely um silver bullet with uh gary Busey is really fun so, um, is he playing the werewolf? Uh, actually, he's not. That's no. a bold choice. It is. He's a crazy uncle that has to help the kid protagonist uh, defend himself against the werewolf. Nice. Is the silver yeah. bullet Coors Light? No. Uh, no. It's a disappointment. What about you, Corey? How do you feel about the, the werewolves? Um, The more we've talked about it, <laughs> the more I've realized I don't really know how into, like, werewolf lore i actually am um i'm loosely familiar with like universal monsters 30s and 40s like the wolfman and like i know abbott and costello met the wolfman and that kind of thing uh as i've mentioned probably too many times at this point twilight's got werewolves in it and that was something that our generation was deeply into i think whether we like it or not you know i'm gonna real quick say in hindsight those movies are fun if you want to have a good time I was too cynical as a teenager when I decided that the Twilight movies were bad, and they are, but they're also hilarious. Rant over. But I don't know if I have a strong attachment to, like, werewolves. I don't know if I have a preference for, like, werewolf aesthetics. I know what I don't like, um, but it's kind of on a case-by-case -case basis where, like, I'll see one, and I'm like, that one's cool, and then I'll see another one, I'm like, this one's not cool at all. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel that. But I don't know if I... I don't know where I come down in the broader werewolf discussion. Where do well, you put werewolves in terms of like, is it better or worse than a zombie? Is it better or worse than like other, other spooky creatures? It, you know, it's tough. I think I would like the, I like the idea of the werewolf more than the zombie, but I've certainly seen more zombie films. I mean, we know there are more zombie films and I've seen zombie films that I like more than werewolf films. Uh, that I've seen but it's almost like I like the concept of a werewolf so much that I'm just waiting for one to come along that really blows me away like I I love the idea and so I'm gonna check them out um, when I've heard about them whereas zombie movies I, I don't love them enough to see everyone that comes around um, vampires are cool but again there's plenty of vampire movies I haven't seen uh i'm just i was never a huge monster movie person in terms of like those classic universal monsters that have been used over and over again um i spent a lot of time as a kid watching much like grittier realistic stuff and so i missed the boat on a lot of these monster movies get fucked bela lugosi you're not real enough it's true yeah <laughs> yeah i don't i don't really have a huge stake in this genre either uh some vampires got a big stake in them though but yeah, I don't know. I, so I didn't really know what to do coming into this movie because I didn't have much of a precedent in a lot of cases. Like I understand how werewolves work 
but I didn't know where this movie was going to go with it. I didn't know what the general plan was. I wasn't familiar with the other one. So I was really ready for anything. And, uh, and oh boy, Liam, is this movie anything? Um, so in this movie we have, we have a group of three friends. Their names are Andy, Brad, and Chris. And they're like cool 90s daredevil boys. And they're on a trip across Europe where I need to point out once again, we are watching a 90s horror or horror-adjacent film that revolves around a group of men keeping sex points. I don't know how this keeps happening. I wish it would stop. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a 90s thing or a horror movie thing or like a sequel thing. I, I think really it's a 90s it thing. But it feels like we had seen this movie before, definitely. Yeah, this is some like real, it's got big like fucking Spike TV energy where it's like we do extreme bungee jumping and are also yeah. sexist a bit. We listen to Puddle of Mud and Creed. We have, oh, that being said, dude. And fucking Smash up, Mouth. Did you look up the Wikipedia page of one Phil Buckman who plays Chris? I did, but you're about to drop something on me that I definitely don't remember, so please go on. Dude um, was the bassist for the post-grunge band Filter okay. for a few years. I've in heard the of Filter, I think. And then ever since... Uh, 2010 or so he has been the bassist for another post-grunge band so like he's carrying the 90s thing with him all the way i mean he also looks just like the fucking bully from the next karate kid so i mean he's been carrying that 90s torch for a while yeah i appreciate that ride or die by the 90s you know Fuel actually, is the band he's the current bassist that's a post-grunge ass name <laughs> yeah so actually before we get into the plot there's something i i really can't forget so i told you about Tim Burns, one of the writers, Jacob Tutu, classic. Tom Stern is one of the other writers. So Tom Stern did a bunch of work on some music videos and stuff. He worked a lot with Alex Winter from Bill and Ted. Um, mm -hmm. He has a connection to Flea. Well, hey, if he's doing music videos, I mean, I feel like I, I know In 1990, he directed a Red Hot Chili Peppers music video. There you go, man. The world is a small place. <laughs> so, uh, is this the first time we've we've talked about Flea two weeks in a row? It is the first time, but I feel like if we try hard enough, we can do it every week. Dude, just by, like, dude, digging into associations. We went. No, no, no. We went. Tim Allen, Tim Allen, and Flea, and then Flea. We talked about them both for two straight weeks. Oh my gosh, we're doing like a, a game of association telephone. Six we degrees of flea and Tim Allen. Week. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee if we look hard enough. Yeah. Okay, this is a new segment on the show. Um, So from here on out, from episode 32 onward, there's going to be a segment, maybe at the end, uh, called Flea or Tim Allen. And we figure out who, who made this movie is somehow related to either Flea or Tim Allen. All right. Is it... Are we banding together, or is this like a competition? Oh, and does one of us hold the banner for Tim Allen, and one of us is Flea? Yeah, and like, whoever, oh, can, whoever can find it within the, the least degrees of separation. <laughs> Yo, Flea. Team Flea, baby. Let's go. All right, I'll take Team Tim Allen. Which I think is what we said last week anyway, so yeah, it works. We, we, the seeds, we're good. <laughs> so, uh, stay tuned. So, um... They're in Paris, and they're going to bungee jump off the Eiffel Tower after hours for some reason. And a woman just shows up up there and appears to be committing suicide. And they, like, Andy very heroically saves her life and then uh, becomes obsessed in a really gross and creepy way and won't leave well enough alone and tries to, like, track her down and get involved in her life under the guise of that person's own safety. Uh, whereas he just tries to kiss her a lot in moments where he maybe shouldn't be doing that. And uh, whoops, turns out she's also a werewolf. And Seraphine, who is this woman, tries to keep Andy out of it for his own fucking well-being. And he just can't listen to instructions. And yeah, so he becomes a werewolf. And there's like this werewolf group led by Claude, who is like an ex-boyfriend of hers, who eats American tourists for sustenance. And at the end of the movie, there is a big encounter um, at a fake 4th of July party in a church. And you got to fight 
the werewolves that have developed a super serum where they can be werewolves even when it's not a full moon. And that's pretty much this movie. I'm not going to even wait. I'm just going to say it. Mm -hmm. So because of our, our difficult lives, we haven't talked about this movie right away. We sat on it for a little bit. Maybe 10 minutes into this movie, I texted Mitch, a friend of ours previously on the show, and I told him, I'm prepared to say that this is the worst movie we've ever watched on They Made Another One. And I thought maybe if you gave it some time, cooler heads would prevail. And for a while, I thought they would. And then I watched a clip from this movie right before we started, and I went right back to where I was before. I will say definitively, this is the worst movie we have watched on this podcast. Hands down. Hands, it's not a contest. It's not a contest at all. So was this what you had texted me uh, early into the movie? I don't know what point you were in when you said, boy, do I have stuff to say about American Werewolf in Paris? Uh, Yeah, by that point, I was deeper into the movie. But yeah, that's what I meant. I meant that I fucking hated it with every uh, fiber of my being. <laughs> got it. Um, so I hope I didn't get your hopes up for some positivity because that's not what we're going to get. But uh, how about, how do you feel about this fucking movie, Liam? <laughs> well, dude, it checks like so many. They made another one boxes that we've found like keep coming up and up again with uh, deep sequels that are made for like a quick buck on a property that's already been established. There's corny dialogue. Like 16 effects. years later, like. What a, yeah, what a the, weird, the, weird choice. The comedy beats are like so cliche. Uh, it's not even performances. Uh, yeah, it's not even like at a certain point you can do a cliche so badly that it stops being cliched and bad, and it becomes this new level of extreme bad that scarcely few things achieve. Give me your definitive response to this film. Okay, yeah. So performances unbelievable. Intrusive soundtrack. Absolutely intrusive soundtrack. I have oh a particular needle drop I'm so excited to talk about. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah, they are absolutely wild. Um, and yeah, so put all those things together, and uh, I really dug this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, I feel like there were several weeks where I was like, we're going to have a big disagreement one day. It's this one. It's this that's, one. Yeah, that's the one. This movie made me so angry. <laughs> wow. I couldn't, I could barely, I could barely watch this. Like, my body was rejecting the experience of watching this movie. I fucking hated it. <laughs> did you, like, eat breakfast that day? What, I did. What was going on? Oh, my gosh. I, uh, it was a pretty typical day. The only unusual thing was... Uh, I watched it in my living room instead of my bedroom because I was hanging out with my dog. Mm. That's the one difference. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, was oh. prepared to turn this movie off after like five minutes. I was prepared to turn this movie off while those dudes were still on the train. Oh, yeah, totally fair. I, I didn't was start liking done. this movie in the first five minutes. Uh, it's got a really gross first five minutes where they just sort of like ogle this random woman. But before that, there's like a weird big gothic intro with like an opera and some shit for some reason yeah and cory i mean it's setting a tone you, that never comes back there's like um the classical music like juxtaposed against a vague have we seen that before because i i'm certain i've seen that done in a movie sorry before. against a vague what you just cut out a vague kill like someone being chased and killed have we seen that in a movie on the podcast yeah probably because oh my gosh it does not feel new or like novel no. or, Here's the or thing. interesting at all it's so bland that could be the first time a movie has ever done that and it would still feel like that <laughs> fair enough <laughs> like it um this movie is a series of vignettes where nobody listens to what the other people are saying uh guys from the 90s do gross outdated behavior and then there's some really bad werewolf effects in the middle it's the whole thing they decided because it was 1997 and computers were a thing that uh they had to do digital effects for the for the werewolves and there's like weird werewolf vision it yeah, is yeah, the werewolf cam it is stomach churning it makes me ill to my to my core it does sound like you ate breakfast that day i I did, and it did not stay long. I, uh, like, I, 
I'm I'm trying to like keep it together here, but I I okay, Blair Witch Two, right? Yeah, yeah. There are all sorts of movies running through my head that, that we've done that movie, I'm just like Corey. That movie sucks, ass. <laughs> that movie sucks, really, specifically, really bad. And yeah. it's got a lot of the things that this movie does: weird late '90s shit, terrible music, weird editing. It's fun though, right? Uh, no, I didn't have fun with that one. I think right. I think this might, is where we disagreed. Probably, no, but like you could probably go back on record. I don't think you had fun with that one, Corey. Um, well, maybe in hindsight, it seems like it was fun. Like after you've gone further into the depths. Yeah, because like, I remember things about that that I can like laugh about and have a good time with now. Maybe because okay. I know I hated it at the time, but this movie. What's the opposite of fun? Uh, wood. Yeah, this movie's fucking wood. I wish it would stop happening to me. I wish this movie uh -huh. would go away. Um, I don't. I don't know how to talk about this movie. Because if it's not apparent, like, I'm too far gone. I can't objectively look at this thing. Um, I'm just going to point out some stuff that I think sucks. Um, if that's fine. And you can yeah, point and out... And you can cut in with why you think you had fun with it. Yeah, because by the sounds of it, the things that you're going to list off as sucking... Are Almost the certainly that, you're going to like. Yeah. That I dug, yeah. Um, I'm going to start with... I'm going to start with something that I think we can agree on. Like you said, this movie, uh, its music is all over the fucking place. Um, the morning after he saved Seraphine's life, he insists that they go try to find her suicide note in, like, the garbage. I'm smiling so big. And, right um... <laughs> <they're>... <laughs> I can't even say it. And, uh... A Sounds song... like you're having fun to me, Corey. A song starts... <laughs> and, um... A song starts... And uh, there's a montage of them looking for a suicide note set to Walking on the Sun by Smash Mouth. And that is the moment <laughs> I started enjoying this movie. That's the moment I was completely out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, that was that was the one. It happened and like my eyes went wide and I did a double take. And, I, like, I, I, I screamed. <laughs> I, I had to put my my hand to my chest. I thought like maybe like I had just dropped dead and that I was like already in a circle of hell or something. And then I I came back to it. I was like, no, this is this is what the movie is doing. It's and of really... course the movie is going to be doing this after he fucking Spider Man's her and saves her life. Like I, the movie was hinting that this it movie, was absolutely ridiculous, and then movie, it, it shows it. I love it. This movie has Spider Man stuff all over it. By the way, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um. But it's important to note, this, move, this montage is shot full sunlight, goofy angles, hijinks, bright colors, Smash Mouth soundtrack. They're looking for a suicide note. Did you get that? I got it. But, like, you got to remember, Corey, this, this woman isn't, like, depressed and mentally ill. And suicide to She's just note plus Smash Mouth. I think that's incredible. I love it. I think it's so funny. It's fucking deranged. Um, it's just like right when the Smash Mouth hit, I, I had to note to myself that this is the type of sequel that I love. Like if we're not going to get something like Doctor Sleep where it's like, you know, those don't come around all that often where they just fall right in line with the original. A lot more sequels, especially when they're far removed from the original or even when they're coming right after and just trying to capitalize on the buck. They're, they're derivative and they're like so boring and they're speed two and speed two is like in contention if we never went to see cats for the worst movie we've done on the podcast for me and this when smash mouth hits i'm smiling and i just uh i know that this movie is gonna like do all sorts of things that are um absolutely deranged and crazy and that's gonna make me have a lot more fun than like Sandra Bullock being super earnest and trying to escape a boat while Willem Dafoe is like not getting enough screen time. If somebody put a gun to my head and asked me to watch one of those movies right now, my answer might be Speed 2. Are you aware that both Speed 2 and American Werewolf in Paris got nominated for worst sequel at the God Awful Raspberry Awards? The same year? Uh, yes. Hell yeah, dude. Perfect. 
Guess um, what one? Oh, I think we talked about this. The dog movie? No. Is it the Tim Allen dog movie? No. <laughs> oh, no, that was Santa Claus. <laughs> no, no, no. What one? Speed 2 one. <laughs> the correct choice. Um, So it does sound like I'm having fun right now, and that's because I like spending time with my friends. Um, In the moment, I've never hated anything more. Man, we should have watched this movie together. We really should have. Blast, and the podcast would have been very different. Oh, if we had recorded this that like a couple hours later, like we were supposed to, I would have been inconsolable. Oh my god! This whole thing would have been me screaming. I fucking hated it. Like it's difficult to articulate the degree to which I did not like this movie. Um, and when it's not just making bad choices, it's just being confusing. Um, this movie intercuts dreams with reality and doesn't clarify when it's doing that or what's a dream so you get confusing scenes where you're like so seraphine has saved andy from this like group of werewolves and took her back to her house and he's all stressed and confused and his friend is trying to help him and uh she's about to tell him she's a werewolf and to do that she uh she straddles him and then takes her shirt off and lets him like fondle her breasts while she explains that. And then her mom, who was a zombie, shows up and then it cuts away like it's a dream for like a minute or two. And then it cuts back to that. It's like, nope, that's the thing that happened for real. Yeah, that was uh while I am, Phil Buckman I am is sick, throwing sick rocks through a window. Sequence. Yeah, but then we've barely, we have on. watched a lot of movies that do fucking dream sequences. Two of them have done it well. Yeah, that's it's a hard thing to do. Um, but then he sees the mom who like looks gnarly. By the way, I I liked the practical makeup that was in this movie. The dude runs out a glass window. He does, and then he hits, and then there's like this ridiculous like slapsticky music that comes on. And later we get Chris doing like parkour. It's oh my god. So here's here's my here's my thing. So American Werewolf in London and an American Werewolf in Paris. Similar structures, like you said. Similar plans. I can picture a different movie where these things are funnier, are just handled better, there are real jokes, you know, shit like that. I'm assuming that movie is just an American werewolf in London. Um, And this is just what happens when you do that. Uh, So it's like, oh, isn't it wild how she's, like, using a blender to blend up, like, blood, like, hearts? Because he needs to drink blood now because he's a werewolf? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, and then they go on like a date and uh, she like fights a guy. There's a point before he gets kidnapped, which I guess is technically what happened. Eh, whatever, who cares? Where they try to like force their way into her house and insist that they should help her paint her basement. Um, but they're just being like pushy and weird and not leaving a person alone. Uh, under the guise of wanting to help them. And, uh, oh, also, uh, Julie Delpy, who's playing Seraphine. Um, She's a goddess. Yeah. What the fuck happened? What the fuck happened? Uh, I thought I thought she was just her, her beautiful self. I did read afterward that uh, um, she said that she just took this movie to, like, pay her rent. Sure. And you know what? You got to do that. But like I still, I still, think she's still very charming in the movie and uh, no, a bright spot. I think she's awesome. There is not a single charming person in this movie. Maybe the fact that there's a French homicide detective that literally smokes a wooden pipe, and is just like a fucking parody. Um, yeah, that that was great too. Yeah. So what's some stuff that you liked? Because I don't want this to become Corey screams for forty minutes and Liam occasionally gets to say stuff that's positive. Well, uh, you're kind of you're kind of saying it for me, Corey. Uh, the French <laughs> detective who smoked a pipe. He was great. Uh, running through the window. I did like the practical effects. Um, and I just I liked that. Uh, at some point, I realized that this movie was committing so hard to being like a college-aged comedy. Um, and so I just I started to enjoy it for that. Like that. All the stuff that I listed at the beginning is absolutely true. There's corny dialogue and the effects are so cheesy and like, but you know, maybe it, it just caught me on a, on a, on a good day. Uh, I guess I prefer 
the movies that I really haven't enjoyed on this podcast are um, are bland movies. And I guess I prefer like a bad movie where it's like it's making so many bad choices that at some point I just I think that that's just uh, the fun, goofy vibe it's going for, you know, whereas something like Cats made a whole lot of bad choices, but those bothered me more on like a a macro level and as to what that movie stands for with like hundreds of millions of dollars behind it. But this movie, um, I just thought it was like a really, a really cheap, fun time, you know, when, uh, when the main dude, um, Andy is, is talking to like, uh, Julie Delpy, um, on their first date. And he's like, you want me to leave? And she doesn't say anything. And he goes, I guess that means yes. And there's like a music swell and then she tells him to wait, stop. Like it's so cheesy. It feels like leave it to Beaver with a werewolf. Um, and we know that like I love the vignette wholesome fun of leave it to Beaver. And this is what that feels like. Like the opening scene with the Eiffel Tower where uh, he saves her life is like literally the computer fall scene from leave it to Beaver that we watched where the computer falls out the window. And, but leave uh, it to Beaver's good. Like it's well, it's good at what it's like what it's trying to do, and this movie just isn't. Like I can't even have fun with how bad this is because it's doing it so badly. Hmm. But like, leave it to Beavers is like what it is. Please continue the analogy. I'm curious to see like what, like I don't know those movie like those scenes. I mean, are like I they're similar in like loose structure, but I don't think they're similar in how they feel. Oh, I think so. I don't think this movie feels inept at all. I feel like it's doing exactly what it wants to do. You don't accidentally needle drop Smash Mouth into your movie. Was Smash Mouth a meme in 1997, though? I, I, I mean, I think if you're putting it against people looking for a suicide note, like, it's absolutely a meme. Well, I guess, though, what I'm wondering is, how is it that if that was your plan you can do it so poorly that it doesn't feel like that was the plan. Because to me, it does not feel like that was the plan. It feels like this is supposed to seem a lot more genuinely funny than it is, and not funny just because the choices are stupid. Like, they thought it was funny for real. And interesting for real. And it's... It ain't. This ain't it. Like... Hmm. And yeah, I, guess, I guess we're kind of at a standstill because, like, I think it is funny for real. I didn't feel like I was laughing at the movie. I thought I was laughing with it. I I didn't even laugh when I watched it. It was just it just it it just hit me the wrong way, dude. Like it it soured for me so fast that there was no opening from there on out, and it for me, like it just it, yeah. kept getting worse. Um. So it's like, yeah, no, you're not going to save me with like a sex scene in a cemetery where he accidentally mauls a person. Sorry. And you're not going to save me with the weird zombie humor. Too late. Like, we've missed the window. Um, it just, uh, I don't know. I've very rarely do I react like so aversely to a movie. Um, I very nearly, and I mean, I, I mean it. I nearly didn't finish it, and I was going to ask if we could do an episode where I didn't finish the movie, and you did. Well, that would be fine, too, for future reference. That's okay. okay. There we go. Because I thought, like, it might be funnier if, like, you would tell me stuff about the movie that I didn't even get to, because I just turned it off. Um, but, like, you know, I don't actually. Nobody knows. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's a point where he won't stop eating food in a restaurant and the song is playing the restaurant's playing a song about a wolf man. And um he sees that woman who he later kills um in like a leopard skirt and he starts like like growling. Yeah. Like at like like horny growling. I get and then she's very impressed by his like food eating. <laughs> um so that happens. Can't say that's not in this movie. <laughs> I don't man I guess maybe I'm just like a sucker for supernatural romance um, no, no no here I want to I want to give you I want to give you some credit here I don't I understand why somebody would see this and have fun I do I get it for the reasons you're saying I just did not have fun <laughs> yeah but I can understand why it would be fun yes I want to see a French guy in a mesh tank top who turns into a werewolf get beat up 
Who doesn't? However, not this one. There's a second. There's right. a scene in this movie with like a car accident in an intersection because he's being chased by like zombie people, and it just looks like a crash map from Burnout. That was maybe my highlight of the movie because I like the Burnout games. Yeah, that's that where my awesome. that's where my bar is at. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, I guess because I've struggled so much with the movies we've done recently, like uh, Jaws: The Revenge, where we were both really hoping we'd get something. Jaws: uh, The Revenge should have been more like this movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, I I enjoyed this, and I didn't enjoy Just the Revenge. I don't know what you mean. No, I mean, no, I mean, like, I mean that the reason you liked it is because Jaws should have been more like this with the concept that it was using. My problem here is just that even though it's doing that, for me, it's doing it in such a way that I just hate it, and it's not fun. And so it becomes worse than Jaws the Revenge. Yeah, so because I can tell what it's trying to do, a, it just soured for me early, but then it's doing that so badly that I have no sympathy for it, and it's just miserable. Because it feels like it's trying so hard. So hard. And that makes it far more irritating than the alternative, which is just bland and failing. Wow. Yeah, no, I I kind of have the opposite impression where for like Jaws the Revenge and Speed 2, those movies feel like they're trying so hard to be like a serious movie um, and have real emotions. Whereas this movie was much more of an easy watch and it just kind of breezed right by because it was actually trying to have fun and not <laughs> trying to make me get invested in a movie that has bad acting and She's very bad acting. Yeah. Um. It's so you said the movie breezed by. Yep. It felt like I watched this movie for six hours. Damn. And I kept like pausing it to take like breathers because I was like I I just couldn't do it in one go. Like it was physically impossible for me to do that. Um. Wow. I feel like it's interesting because there there's high potential that we watch a movie later on on this show that is very similar to this but does it in such a way that i like and i'll just say that now so nobody comes at me later and is like you fucking hypocrite like why didn't you like an american werewolf in paris but you love um Candyman 8 i don't know that i just pulled that out of my ass because i saw Candyman on twitter earlier don't read anything into it but it's because i can picture the version of the movie that you're talking about for me it just isn't that yeah. I don't want to watch um two wolf men fight in a subway. Oh dude, the wolf on wolf fight despite the CGI was awesome. I was so glad we got wolf on wolf action. The CGI I that was so cool. Is so bad. Yeah, and it's it's strange. And the werewolf because... design is ugly. They're like way too ripped. <laughs> yeah, they are very They're ripped. exceedingly um, ripped. I actually thought the beginning of the very first transformation where uh, the camera is tilting down as she's becoming the werewolf looked good. And then after she, um, she immediately like falls on all fours and it transitions to just a wide shot of like a very clearly CGI werewolf. And from that point on uh, the ship had sailed. I don't think any of the wolves looked good from that point on though. I did like the uh, dead people zombie effect um I that was that was reminiscent of like pet cemetery and actually pretty reminiscent of uh of the original american werewolf in london film i guess the thing that i remember from the zombie effects is like that weird like looney tunes ass shit where um amy's like eyes keep falling out of her head and it's just aggravating dude when she tried to uh whistle to get the uh... bad guys find the the good dude uh-huh. and blood spurted out of her cheek uh-huh. i laughed i thought that was so fucking funny i sighed oh my gosh it's crazy uh it's crazy like how many uh how many timelines there are out there you know like we both watched the same movie and we're just living in different timelines now oh i thought you meant like you wonder what the timeline is like where i liked this movie <laughs> is the world a better place in the timeline where i liked this movie <laughs> No, I don't subscribe to that multiverse shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so I think I think without question, this is the most we've diverged on a single film. Definitely, yeah. And I think uh, I got the the better end of the stick this it, time. It around. sounds like you I, did. I feel sorry for you, man. I feel pretty good right now. I was, 
just it was agony dude <laughs> i actually watched another movie later that day to like rinse my palate of this movie and was it good like you're not broken you don't just oh it was ex it was except it was exceptional it was an incredible oh, film yeah good shout out to the swimmer starring burt lancaster but um yeah so before we end because i don't know i don't know if there's anywhere to go from here that's not just going to be us talking in circles um about why the thing that i hated you liked and vice versa unless you have more to say on like the middle of the movie but if you don't i would love to talk about the end of it yeah absolutely this is what you would have missed if you turned it off Corey. so this, relish it. so can you tell me about it then can you explain this to me as if i've never seen it before dude i honestly don't think i can the end you can't explain the ending of the movie just explain the end of the movie okay what, what happens uh, at the end of the movie andy who is a werewolf and uh seraphine who is like also has the werewolf gene they get married and then they decide to go bungee jumping together and chris is there well yeah chris is also there where do they decide Friendship, to go bungee dude. jumping uh what city is it in? i want to hear what city is it in it's in new york city it's a landmark yep <laughs> fuck spider-man bro uh so at the end of the movie seraphine and andy get married for some reason i don't know why they're in love i don't i i really don't i really genuinely truly don't um i know why he's in love with her i don't know why she's in love with him yeah i mean yeah like you know fucking julie delpy beautiful woman i get that but yeah, it's like not even as an attraction thing like he is like so wooden and like bland and he is in this movie. he is like if you crushed up soda crackers into like oatmeal and then left it in your porch for two days and then ate it yeah that's yeah, the totally. level of bland where we're... okay i'm putting this off they bungee jump off the Empire State Building to get married. Their wedding ceremony is bungee jumping off the Empire State Building. I want to say that a third time. So they bungee jump, right? You're familiar with bungee jumping? Yeah, yeah. This this movie reminded me all about it. Off of the Empire State Building. What the fuck, dude? Well, no. Remember, Corey, at the beginning of the movie. Wait, 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 wait. I've said the wrong thing every time. We need to restart this whole sequence. I've been saying the wrong word. Oh, okay. I've been picturing Statue of Liberty and saying Empire State Building. Yeah. You didn't correct me. <laughs> I mean, you are emotional. Oh, fuck. Well, we're keeping it in now because now I'm embarrassed. So let me take another run at that. Uh, to be clear, they didn't, they didn't Empire, they didn't bungee jump off the, oh my God, my brain. They didn't bungee jump off the Empire State Building, but they did bungee jump off of the statue of liberty so which one is worse because you seem equally as impassioned by no i was picturing idea. i was picturing statue of liberty the whole time i was just saying the wrong word i don't know why okay got you it's no they can bungee jump off a building people do that all the fucking time who gives a shit but they bungee jump to get married to get married chris brought rings and they i can't believe i got it wrong that many times that's so embarrassing um they bungee jump off like the statue of liberty they're werewolves man what the, what do they got to lose their lives you can still die yeah but like they've fucking lived they can die already <laughs> um you got me there dude can't beat that um so yeah so they bungee jump off the off the statue of liberty um and then the movie ends and uh so did my life uh <laughs> you know um, I think I've made this Cor joke. Corey, Corey is doing this this podcast in full prosthetic dead makeup. I am. Uh, so I think afterlife. I've definitely made this joke before, but this time I mean it. I think I said it about cats. There will be a before and after in my life. It's before this movie and after this movie. Wow. Because it set like a new bar for shit I hate. <laughs> and to make it even worse, you said... Uh, earlier today that you fe feel like you watched this movie like years ago oh yeah so by the end of your full life you're gonna make it to like 70 80 years old yeah. let's hope and it'll feel like you had to live years. like thousands of years <laughs> with the knowledge of seeing this movie yeah i'm gonna wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night just thinking about um just thinking about this movie and thinking about yeah. that fucking smash mouth song yeah, and like the Rage Against the Machine ripoff song is like just playing faintly in your head. Oh man! And then that thing about like a Wolfman or whatever. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. It makes me upset and sad and angry, and it's no good. Um, would you recommend that people watch this movie, Liam? Because clearly, my opinion can't be trusted in the recommendation front. So, I want to get <laughs> I want to get an alternative. Yeah, yeah, I would. I mean, these recommendations are so strange coming at the end of a conversation, especially because we like don't put them in the show notes or anything. So, like, if you're hearing this bit, you guys can make a pretty informed decision. But yeah, I had I had fun with this movie. I think it's it's a good use of uh, a good combination of horror and comedy and adventure, probably in like reverse order. Um, I think it's like a, a a funny cult movie. Like I can see that there's probably like a few groups of bros out there who have like had this movie as an important part of their broship for the last twenty years or so. Um, and I just I think it's a I think it's a funny, uh, good piece of like late nineties horror, low budget history. And all I will say, in addition, is um to just take his recommendation with an asterisk is just that there is a chance you will have an experience like I had despite your best efforts to not. So um, enjoy at your own risk. I'll put it that way. I think that's a safe <laughs> way of putting it. And, Good um, point. Good point. Speaking of safety, uh, you should probably get out of that library about now. Um, we don't want you getting triangulated and uh, it's tracked true. down by uh, the electricity wizard Clancy Brown and his goons. So uh, I would like to thank everybody once again for listening to another episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, all one word, on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Breaker, Stitcher, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and your personal ranking of monsters and where werewolves fit within. Liam, where can people find you? That was a good one, Corey. That's fun. Thanks. I would love to hear that from people. Yeah. You guys you guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallo. And you can catch me on Twitter at Mr. Corey Price, where I will be trying to tweet about anything other than this movie. Um thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you here next week with another classic, I'm sure, on uh They Made Another One.